let's get ready to throw down. Welcome to the show, everybody. Today we are talking about uh, kind of a couple a couple of different topics: uh, sales culture, uh, making changes when you're the new guy, or you know all of that stuff. And this kind of started with uh, just some talking before the show and and kind of complaining because you know how do you know when you're in the right culture? How do you how do you vet that when you're looking to potentially make a move? How do you know that you're in the right spot? How do you know it's not time to make a change? And well, or even that the change you made, what's that acclimation process to being part of a crew or being a sales manager? You know, absolutely. If you you know, if you if you pop the promotion, but it's a sideways move from one company to the other, mm-hmm. and you walk into being in charge of a group or you just hire on new and you got to figure it out. So, yeah. Absolutely. Right. And, and this topic kind of came from, you know, how long do you give somebody to figure out if they're going to be successful or not? You know, how much time do you invest? How much training, how much handholding, how, you know, how do you, how do you know you've given someone the full length? But there's a reverse side of every coin that we talk about guys here, because if we're saying how much time do we give somebody, if you're real new to sales, how much time do you have? Oh, that's that's super true, right? Because a lot of people want to put you on super low base, so that way you're hungry to go out and get the commission. And then you know you can only live on a super low base for so long, especially if you you know take a pay cut to move into a position or something along those lines. Or how do you work your deal, even if you're new, and make sure that you're guaranteed? Because I understand, that, I mean, and you know, just shooting from the hip. There's a couple of ways to do it. Sometimes you get a big starting salary, but you're expected so much that you never, you know, it's hard to achieve. Mm-hmm. Or is it better to hang back, work on less, but get more on commission, right? So yeah. your base is lower, but you have less pressure because they only pay you on your progress. Yeah. So it's a double-edged sword when you get that big juicy salary, right? Because the time's ticking versus taking maybe a lesser salary with more of a bonus commission. Okay, so let's talk about that though. Because do you think that between those two options, that one will get you more time? There's one that fits me the best, which is I want no money, but I want all the reward of the money that I earn. Okay, I so you like? Agree. Okay, so both of you like 100% commission deals. Yeah, I don't want a ceiling. Well, I think. Go ahead. I don't want a ceiling. I want to. I want to have complete potential. It's all on me. Not on, not based on what someone's going to cap me on, you know, and say, well, you're going to make 250000 Well, if I do that, I want to have the uh, opportunity to make 450000 Because Nan's correct. I know in, in my arena, people who are strictly commissioned, you get lazy about two fifty. I said $250,000, guys. <laughs> All right, motherfuckers. And I say that with, like well, complete that, contempt for you and respect for the guys who do that. But I know guys who make 700 K, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I was say, it's commission. not everybody. Not everybody does what, what I was saying, but, but you I'm have not to against, check yourself. I'm not against very technical, very long processes like maybe Clint's and maybe in, in other technical arenas. You know, if it's a long sales process, I, I think a salary is warranted, particularly as you make it sideways. And if you can't drag any of your business with you because of a non it also goes to what your company's potential is, right? Because we talked about this uh, previous episode of that higher commission structure versus salary. And, yeah. you know, I've, I've been in organizations where 
you give me this great commission plan, but we're only going to be able to do a certain volume true, you know, through um, healthy growth in the company. So you're talking about, yeah, 750 K is very possible in 15 years when we're at this market level. And if we're not there today, then that's not enticing for me to pay me for my worth. I hate when someone is trying to poach you and they're not honest about like real, well, realistic. It's usually not. Yeah. That's the key, right? Is, is they're not lying. They're mm-hmm. giving you the, the, the math problem that works out. What they're not giving you is the actual details of how long it would actually take to get there. So I have to you. So it's almost like the multi-level marketing like, <laughs> in real corporations. And not that multi-level marketing is not real. Cause it is, it, it, it's not brick and mortar. So it's the easiest, you know, you know, if you want to act, if you want to go to sales and you still have a real a, a regular job, yeah, I'm not knocking multi level marketing. It's just the smoke and mirrors that exist in a lot of corporations out there. Oh yeah, I was working at AT and T and making pretty good money for for being a retail salesperson. I was making about seventy or so, Ooh. and uh, that's uh, more than I paid you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> now, that's, that's, that's I don't I feel quit. bad for that statement, no, but I'm like surprised, right? Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I was I you was, made some I serious cash before yeah. you came to see me. Yeah, it was pretty good. Oh, and uh, how did you stay with me so long? You painted that picture that Clint was talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, you painted a pretty <laughs> oh, good picture. <laughs> oh, so I fucked you over. My bad. No. Sorry, my apologies, um, bro. And uh, and and someone came in. I sold them a phone. They come back the next day and say, "Hey," and I, I said, "Oh, is the phone okay? Is, you know, were you stuck or something?" And they and they said. No, I just really liked how you handled the interaction, looking to see if you want to make a change. It's like, well, I'm pretty happy, but you know, I'll take your card and we can have a call. And uh, it was someone from Chase Bank, oh, yeah. and, uh, and and I said, now look, here's the deal: I make pretty good money here, you know, for being 26 years old and you know not having a degree and everything else. 70 cash, yeah, 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 yeah I was doing pretty yeah, good. Agreed. And and no prospecting and no cold calling. Yeah, I mean, just, they just walk in and talk to you. Exactly right? right. Yeah, and uh, and she goes. Uh, you're going to make the same money. Didn't ask me how much I made. <laughs> Just told me I was going to make the same money, but you're going to have Sundays off and you don't got to worry about retail blackout. And I was like, oh. What's retail blackout? So retail blackout is this thing that happens in retail um, that you cannot take any vacation between oh, Thanksgiving right. and Christmas. Okay, right? I get you now. And so... I get super excited, right? I'm, you know, young enough to just take this woman at her word and I go through the hoops and get this job over at Chase and the starting salary was $32,000, right? Well, not to mention it's kind of uh, probably the first time you've really been recognized for your talents at that point. So it feels good. So you're yeah. like, oh, finally somebody's recognizing all this hard work that I put in, right? Now I'm getting yeah, recognized. a little bit. You know. So you stepped into a topic that we talked about earlier, negotiation. Oh when yeah, and I didn't do any. I don't of that. know if we're going to do that now, well, but that is a very important. Topic. I didn't know, and uh, a little anecdote about the story was on the day of the uh, on the day of the interview, um, my garage door sensor was not lined up. Right, so like it would go down a little bit and then go back up. Go, and I'm like, I'm going to be late for this interview. Oh I'm going to blow this opportunity. I'm going to be working at AT and T for forever, <laughs> and this is going to be miserable. And I got so mad, I turned around and I punched a hole in the wall. Right. Which is not normal for me. I'm not. I'm not that. I'm not that easy to anger. I'm not Clint. Um, oh, that sounds way better. So something just changed. But thanks, Paul. Um, so I thought I was in an ocean. <laughs> I punched this hole in, in the wall, and then I fix the sensors, and then I go, and I'm and I'm fine. I get the job, and then like four or five, they they put me kind of in the hood, right? I'm uh. Right, Chase in the hood. No, wait in the hood. My daughter banks it. Chase. No, hold on. <laughs> wait a second. Let this me back right, up. This was right Where, after Chase is, bought all the Wamus. 
right? Uh, so there's okay. a bajillion different locations. And I was at the one over by originally Country Club, mm-hmm. right? So I'm thinking, this is going to be awesome. I'm right by the Country Club. Well, if you're Country Club living, you don't get to deal with someone like me. You get to work with a private client banker, which I am not. So that left just the other end of the spectrum to to work with, you know? And uh, Nothing wrong with that. They have money. Hey, some of them. And uh, it was not a great experience, and I was pretty miserable. And uh, I never fixed the hole in the wall because it was just like a this reminder, reminder that, of bad mistake. hey, some things don't <laughs> happen garage for Garage door should have stayed down. I should have missed that yeah, interview. Exactly. I should have stayed where I was. You don't do like I do and hang that perfect size picture over the <laughs> Even though it doesn't make sense on the wall at all. Is that why I see so oh, many photos? So on the many wall randoms. That yeah. That's the only reason why Clint has has, pi- like, has pictures of his kids on the wall. When I go to your house, I'm gonna start moving <laughs> them like, all to see why, where the whole. Why do you have a picture of yourself three foot off the ground? <laughs> no, nah, don't worry about that. <laughs> um, My kids were little once. <laughs> so yeah, so you know, you get poached, and this person probably got a referral for bringing me into the company. You know, and they just told me what I wanted to hear. It was, it was not unlike when I joined the army and I got told everything I wanted to hear from <laughs> yeah, the recruiter. Yeah. It's just like college, but with drill sergeants, that's yeah. literally what somebody told wow. me. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's a misrepresentation yeah, a little that bit. you should have seen coming. Yeah. But anyway. well, once again, I've not always been this smart. That's why it's a uh, college means. <laughs> question. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so got into there, realized I wasn't super happy and then made a move. Um, but it was rough. It was really rough, right? Because I had made a significant pay cut to go down to go do this thing. Right. And wasn't happy and was kind of stressed out. And this is before the kiddo. So, so my uh, quick question. Sure. So you, you're making 70. Mm-hmm. They bring you in at about half of that. So what was the potential that you saw in that whole arena financially to mm-hmm. square you with where you were leaving? I understand no Sundays, no retail yeah. blackout, but go ahead. It was much more about that, honestly, the quality of life. That was super important to me because at the time I was training in Kung Fu at the, and that was my big lever. I wanted to be able to go do that, go do more of that. Mm-hmm. And because of the hours and, and retail, that was hard and having to work on Saturdays and Sundays, it was hard. And that was the biggest motivator was because I was prioritizing Kung Fu over money because at the time I wasn't really thinking about 70k as 70k it was just the money that i was making and i should be able to make this anywhere which How was a mistake did you think you were going to be able to double or even more than that increase your salary did you, i mean so the way that it works at chase at least whenever i was there was very partner driven right so you're not supposed to really sell much of anything like i open accounts and i do credit cards and stuff like that but uh investments go to someone else mortgage goes to someone else, which sounds like a really great idea. But if you have a partner who can't shut the front door, then it's kind of all for naught. Right. So I was, so you were partnered with somebody that would take and push them to other avenues in the bank. Exactly. If we, if we were sitting down with just passbook savings accounts, setting up accounts and doing that kind of stuff. Exactly. I'm the first line of defense. And, and during this time, uh, Chase was kind of known for this thing about work in the lobby. So anyone who, who walked in, they got full court pressed. Hey man, how's your day going today? Why don't you come sit down with me? Let's go over your information. Make sure that you're still using all the right banking products. We'll have someone else handle the transaction for you. So that way I can pull up your accounts, figure out what's going on. And people hated it so much. You would have these people come in and they were just holding their their like head up oh, like blinders. Sure. I, all my information's correct. I don't really want to talk to you because they just want to handle their business and get right. and get out of there. It's miserable. Sounds mm. like a car dealership. 
It, yeah, it, it very. The, you'd walk in and there'd be four of us all sitting right there. Go like, hey, can you handle my trip? Oh well, I'm not a teller, but let's go sit down okay. and I'm going to try to sell you this credit card. So as a C, that seems really weird that you would have done that. Uh, I liked it because it was going to allow me to get my um my investment licenses. So that way I can get paid on the referrals because I like this idea initially of, Oh, awesome. I'm going to have people who know more than me, which is a huge thing as a C. Um, so that way I don't have to learn it or know it as inside and out as they do. I can just say, Oh, you've got some really big balances. You know, have you ever thought about what doing do anything more money with this? Exactly. Of, yeah. Leaving it on the sideline. Yeah. And I, I love that. that right. Sure. And doing the same thing with mortgages. Cause this was in 2010. So you know, the mortgage market was still like kind of coming back and, you know, sure. uh, interest rates were low. Yeah, absolutely. Resurgence and, as, we, as we came out of the dip. Yeah. yeah. Going upward. Sure. And I just thought they did a really good job of selling it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything you do, or at least whenever I was there, you got a point value. So if I set someone up for online banking, I got 25 points. And if I opened an account that was a new account for a new household. It, it is multi-level market. It, it kind of was. Say. Right. All you know? the point system. Love and uh, so I did that for a year and then there was kind of this mass exodus from everyone moving from Chase to this other kind of regional bank. Wells Fargo. No, not Wells Fargo. <laughs> actually. Fucking joke. Yeah. Run if you're with Wells Fargo and I hope I get sued. <laughs> Bunch of fucking okay. crooks. Okay, but go so ahead. Anyway. All right. So. Just but, saying. That was Doc Al that said that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Check it out. Bring it. Stop. So they did, a, they did a really good job. And I was just looking for the change because um, the thing about AT&T, and this is kind of how it works at most cultures, right? It's very much, what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. Right. And so I had a, I was consistently, you know, top one or two in the store, you know, hitting all my accelerators and getting really good commission checks and everything else like this. And then I had one month and the regional manager was like, well, what happened to John? And they're like, well, you just had a bad month. And my manager was trying to like stand up for me. And she was like, mm. And, it, and all of a sudden, I started getting the cold shoulder, started getting ignored, started doing all these After things. one month? One month. <laughs> That's oh, let me, crazy. Let me ask you something. Yeah. If you wouldn't have excelled, if you'd have been, let's say, number four, and that was the norm for you to have that low month, would you have, have had the same recognition? And like, would they have, that, would they have busted you down for that? No. Because I, I don't see think that. So. I see that a lot, right? There's, there's performers that perform at this level. And they're always your number one sales guy. And then when they have a dip, you're like, well, what the hell happened to that guy? Well, there's but so you, much more pressure, right? right? Because you are... That's what I'm saying. So you're like that, a workhorse. That number four that she got that's always performing at that lower level. Mm-hmm. And and then he has a, a bad month. It's like, oh, he's a bad salesman. Yeah, and you kind of let him slide. Right? Yeah, it's, he's it's a, C-team. Well, not me. I don't let him. But yeah, people let him slide. And it's an interesting culture that people create around sales teams. Well, it just means that you're not really coaching your your team very well. I think is what it really leads it. Definitely not to. leading it, right? You're absolutely just kind of letting it letting it happen, letting one guy kind of run it all. Which usually, my experience is, I've seen that a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, one guy's your your front runner, and then everybody else is kind of filling in those little gaps. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I had a good manager at AT and T, and I had a, a terrible manager at AT and T, and then the regional manager uh, was just kind of always bad. And but it really kind of clued me in because. The first manager who was terrible was a stickler on certain things, but that was just because he wanted to be able to sit in the back and just kind of watch us on video. So he would send us an email that said, Hey, I saw this client just walk in and no one like looked up and said, hello, what are you guys doing? It's like, why aren't you out here? That's called a bird dog. 
what it what, what's bird, a bird dog oh and construction is terrible right that's <laughs> that guy that sits for, you know sits in his truck eating a sandwich is like hey you over there oh get over get over there and do that is that a thing yeah bird dog interesting and you sit sit from your truck or sitting along i used to see it all the time on like uh highway jobs there'd be a guy sitting in a lawn chair pointing fingers eating a sandwich mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> I do what, are, what are we paying you for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right that happens uh, so going back to your move to like the banking industry outside mm-hmm. of retail, how long did you one give yourself? But was there any agreements up front that hey, we're going to give you six months to really see what you do and dive into this? Or no, actually, and it was kind of interesting because the first three months is studying for your licenses, and if you miss if you miss that test by one point, you're fired, just out the door which seems like a very weird thing yeah. to do, right? Cause they give you a sign on bonus, you know, for, to move over there and everything else. And then if you, if you fail the test by one point, you're out the door and it happened to, to a bunch of people that I, that I was in class with. But so, it's called failing, right? It is called failing, right? right. But one point or 10. Yeah, Isn't it sort know. of the same? Um, I guess that depends upon the lens you're looking at it through. Th- then what about two points? If you give one, then what about the next one? I think the there's one. something to be said for the character of the person, right? I don't disagree. So, because there was a guy who got hired on at the, at the same time as I did. He was a he was a he was a black knight in the army, right? Which is uh, the army's professional paratrooper team. They they par- yeah. they parachute into like Super Bowls and sure. stuff. And uh, he failed it. Uh, you got to get a 72 to pass, and he got a 71. And they're like, "Hey, sorry, you're out." And that dude, he was brand new. This is his first job. For, like after transitioning out of the military and was working his ass off and didn't know anything about anything and was really in there every day and missed it by one. You're not going to give the guy another, you're not going to give that guy another chance. So, okay. So what about the female with three kids and, and you know, I mean, you, where's the cutoff guys? I don't At know. a certain point. I mean, I, I understand compassion. Mm-hmm. Well, standards are important. I'm not going to, I was just say, say that they're all not, people. I know. Here, I'm, right? I mean, as the C, I love standards and I love clear expectations, but, Failure's failure, right? Yeah. Well, it goes back to something. nothing against coming back, rehiring, trying again, going to another company, sitting the test through them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. This is Chase is not the only place. Oh you no, can not do at this, all. Right. So <laughs> no. it's not like you locked him out of an industry. No. You I'm might have sure saved him from a lot of heartache. True. Yeah, it, but that goes back to a, a winning culture that you create, and especially as a okay. leader, right? You. We talk about this quite a bit. Um, outside of this, but did you give him all the tools that he needed to pass the test? Did you help him along the way? Did you try to make him successful so that when he does become part of your team full time, because he passed the test, he's got everything he needs to go kill it for you, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that, as in a culture that we're trying to create, a winning, successful culture for for both sides, right? Not just as a leader, but also on the sales floor for their own bank account, right? Yeah, because they're commission driven, or you know, trying to prove a salary that they that you've given them all those things come into play when you, when you really invest and I, I say invest, but you invest all the tools, you know, to give your team or, or even yourself, right? If you're not investing in yourself, you're failed already. So you got to go in every day and you got to know that, all right, this is step one and I got to kill it at step one to get to step two. Yeah. And so kind of what we're talking about today is, is an interesting topic because how long is that? If you had to put a time frame on it, how long you bring in a new guy or you take over a new role, how long do you give yourself and how long do you give your team before you say, okay, this just 
isn't working. I've given you all the tools. I've tried. You're not accepting it, or you're just not good at it, right? Because that can happen. You're just yeah. this is not your world. How long do you give? You, I mean, I'm interested in all three of you guys. Well, I personally think you have to see progression pretty quickly, not in all areas, but potentially there needs to be movement in the right direction where they are actually bringing something to the table. But that is predicated on you as a leader teaching them. You can't just like throw people out into a field and not tell them, give them direction. Like you're talking about leading is really important. Okay, so I have a question for you. All right. Um, with the internet, all, all the information we have available about every industry. I mean, I could look up everybody's industry, mm-hmm. right? I could, I could learn see, the lingo, learn I, the talk. Exactly. Yeah. The, you know, the vocabulary is there, but then also the matrix of success are there as well, right? What is, what's, a, what's a good matrix on this particular business model? And then, <laughs> Guys, it's not osmosis, man. You just can't sit there like a warm bucket of spit and expect think, is, this stuff is that to what come you think to you. I just said? No, I think that sometimes we get caught up in it shouldn't be this hard, right? Or I don't yeah. have to. Yeah, I, I, I think we fail ourselves more than the system fails I, I us. I agree with that. I mean, there's no doubt that good people, truly good people, are going to go. Uh, and learn their craft on their own time, whether anybody gave them the tools or not, right? That's and that's easier now than it has been. Sure, absolutely. You know, 15, that's what I'm pointing that's, out. That's what right? saying. For it's sure. not like you had to wait for the foreman right. to clue you in yeah. because there was this I mean, company in this town, or it was a long leap to go anywhere else. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so if that's true, then why do we need Clint? Why does Clint need to be at his? <laughs> we company? don't. What? It's great question. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. um, I mean, Clint's wait. about to leave. Actually. No, I'm just saying in his, in his. <laughs> come back. Come back. In his circumstance. Come back. Look, she's yeah, back. Come on. Come on. I'm just saying it's okay exactly. to stay. Thanks. All right. So, so, so I just think it's really important to have a leader for the, the men that are under you, men, women, I don't know who, who your team well, is. Well, some people, some people respond to that better. For myself, I always, you know, look at myself from the outside looking in as a self performer. I don't. It's great if I have the leadership, a really good leader, but they have to perform at that level that I so expect. So there we go. That's They're, the answer. The answer tough, is effort. Are they putting effort in or are they kicking back going, but, okay, now what's the next step? But the flip side of the coin, like Doc so and there's always okay. a flip side, is mm-hmm. that there's people that won't be self-driven and they need somebody to tell them every step of the way. And my thing is, is that if that's the team that you've inherited or that's what you've hired, then you've got to live in those parameters that you've that you well let's talk about that because i think or let's add a dynamic you hi you get hired in and your 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 sales team leader is a jerk or lazy or expects more out of his team than he wants to get eating a sandwich yeah so so let's go back a little bit because when when we we were talking about this topic clint said something that uh culture is like the new buzzword you know and that uh it's something that he's been hearing about a lot and in my reading, because I do probably more reading about like tech and startups than the three of you. Uh, you sure about that? Go on. I mean, not from like an investment Pure side. I mean, I'm sure from like like investing and things like that, you're probably w- way better read than I am. But as far as like building a company and the culture and the everything that goes along with that, I think I'm probably more well better well read. Is that the right way to say that? I'm not sure. Do we arm wrestle over this? Or Maybe we I don't know. Um, we can fight if you want. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
that would mean I'd get my pay, face punched in. But go ahead. I'll take a. I'll, so I'll, I'll pass on that one. Thank you, John. Thanks for the invitation, John. But I'm I'm not interested. I'll, lo- I'll lock the door. I I, I say that because well, then you'll Al, have Al to I, fight. Because I hold on. Did, did I tell you you're on the payroll? Oh, all right, John, John. Now I feel more comfortable. Al and I trained at the same school for a very long time. Um, Me being the junior student, if you hadn't figured okay. that one out. Um, so, but in sales, there's kind of one culture that everyone talks about, right? That that sink or swim, figure it out on your own because that's how everyone else did it, and things like that. And it's not inclusive or welcoming or nurturing at all. It's just very cutthroat. I'm okay with that. You're okay with that? No, not okay with that. But if that's what it is, I think I've done okay in those arenas. Okay. Yeah. So quit fucking crying. It's where you landed, guys. Well, no, I get that, right? But and it's not always you like, don't you don't you don't know everything you don't know. Though, so so that's a you know talking about disc here. That's a very our side of the spectrum. Absolutely, it so, is very gut driven. So right, I hate that. Doc and I live in that realm that you throw me, and I'm betting on you're betting on me, and I have to bet on me. I'm good with that. Yeah, give me I, that all day long. I'm an I, S, however, and I actually like that. No, so, I, and I'm not saying that you no, don't. It just I usually, like it. usually comes on. natural, right? We just said the polar opposite of that, though, right? You oh. said it yourself. Did we give him all the tools? No, that no, was no listen, listen. It's He's a, a manager now. What, so. No, hold on. What I'm, what I'm saying is, is that the current culture that I see, that's exp- that you have to do that if you want to make the. If you can't just cut everybody's head off tomorrow and fire everybody and hire exactly who you want, mm-hmm. and you're dealt a hand that you have to deal with, yeah, then you have to develop that leadership culture of. You know, really driving. Did I give them all the tools? Did I give? But when you're talking about just me performing in an arena, mm-hmm. you hire me and you say, oh, "I'm not giving you any knowledge. Just go kill it for me." I'm okay with that personally. That's that's what we're talking about. Hmm. Or you come into. I think we're talking about two different things, though. A little. We bit. are. We are. So you're talking about the culture of a sales organization. Yeah. Right? I'm talking what Doc and I were talking about. I believe and I'll speak for myself here, but. If you're asking me to come into a new job, a new industry, and you're not, I don't have that good culture, I don't have that leadership, and you're just letting me bet on me to win and mm-hmm. put food on my own table, I'm good with that because I know I'm deep down I'm going to win. Okay. But that doesn't make it a good culture, John. That just makes it what it yeah. is. Okay. You, That's what I'm saying. You're not wrong. I, I mean, I agree. I know I'm not wrong. <laughs> I, I did you really just say that to Mr. <laughs> I, over here? I agree with what you're saying, right? And now, because of the work that that I've done, right, and where I'm sitting now, you could put me in any role, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do fine, right? I mean, if I went back to work for Al, which you know, sorry, man, I wouldn't do. Uh, <laughs> nothing against you, I just don't want to be in that industry again. I'm not hiring. Good, but go ahead. Um, <laughs> I would I would do fine if I went back to banking. I would do fine, but it's because of all this all this auxiliary work that I've done that arguably the culture is not as important. I think once you're once you're well, that's a, question. a high performer, that's if I que- want to label myself. That's the question at hand, though, right? It's like, how how do you develop the culture if you need to? Mm-hmm. How long do you give everybody if you're developing a culture? Because a culture, to me, is process in, in this realm. So you just hit on something. If you understand the process, what are we selling? That's my question, right? Because I know I'm going to follow the same principles that got me to where I'm at today. In any given arena, whether it's what you're doing, yeah. Clint, mm-hmm. what you're doing, right, John? Yeah. And then that, you know, our, what we do, right? It is a process. It, it I really mean, it, it follows the same pattern, 
every time. I think with the same usual suspects, right? Yeah. Along the way. Well, you're not gonna you're not gonna create a failing culture. That'd be kind of stupid, right? Well, not you're on not gonna try. You're not gonna try. Exactly. But but, but some companies have that. Sure, but you're not gonna start setting up processes and you know putting things in play for it all to fail. That would be silly. Right? Well, but hold stupid. on though, right? So let's I'm not saying it won't fail. What I'm saying is that you okay. don't go with the intention to make it fail. Well, no so, one's intending to fail. I know, but hear me out. So you're creating this culture with processes to be successful at the end and you're going to adapt them and you're going to change them. Right. No, no, I continue. So if you're creating a culture for success, then you're creating processes within that culture to succeed down the road. Right. My question, I think what we're trying to get out of this is that when you start putting those processes in play, they're all going to change a month goes, okay, that didn't work. We need to switch tactics. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. And I think that's where the failure comes in is when you don't, right. You just let it ride. Well, but hold on though. I don't think that most people, if you're not a C, love the idea of, hey, let's institute a process and let's make everyone say the same things and mm. kind of follow the same yeah. process. But listen, I not think good. everybody here, every personality has a process. Whether you write it down and put it on a Absolutely. spreadsheet, doesn't matter. You I go in. He, I think look, he should. If, if you, I mean, we all do because we, we understand the importance of process. But think about all the other people who are just winging it, man. Right. Well, winging is a process. Listening. I hope uh, they're listening. Winging okay. it is a process. I mean, a, Trad- a traditional one. sales is a process. So what are we actually trying to tell people out there? I mean, you know, we've talked amongst ourselves. Yeah, I mean, it's just about what, you know, culture, right? It's the buzzword, right? It's it's like a couple of years ago, I heard partnerships. We want to partner with everybody. We want to be your valued partner. Mm-hmm. Didn't make it wrong, right? Didn't make it a, yeah. you know, a not true statement. It just, it was overly used. And culture right now in, in my world is being overly used. And what it all boils down to for me when I hear that word is, okay, you're trying to create a process, a winning process. That's what culture is to me. And you're getting everybody to buy into that process because it's successful. So my question is, is when you start that process, you have to start it over like day, let's just say day one, right? You come into an organization, they've been doing something for 15, 20 years. You come in, now you've got to adapt this winning culture process. How long do you give that before People look down on you or people look up at you and say, dude, this isn't working. What are you saying? But if you're hiring into something, you may not have you may not have the you know the ability to change much. You're yeah. just along for the ride. Maybe. But, but what if you do? But if you come in, you know, in middle management or you come in as a you know, winner the last, you know, where you were before, mm-hmm. and now they expect you to sort of be a leader or you know, a, a manager in a, a certain department. I mean, that's a little bit different. Sure. So, I mean, there are there are layers to the culture. Yeah. And and not everybody can influence the culture as much as maybe the layer above them and the layer above that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, and it depends on the size of the company. For sure. I mean, there's a lot of variables there when you start talking about culture. Well, and part of that is knowing yourself. All right. Well, right? let's let's get specific then, because okay. if I yeah, if, just, if I hire if I hear a if I hire a brand new salesperson mm-hmm. that doesn't let's just say knows nothing, right? We hired the salesperson because they have the the potential to be something great because of their personality exams or what, you know. So right. So you see some potential. You see some potential. You hire this person, and you start putting them into play in your process, but it's just not working out. You've tried to give them the tools. You've helped them along the way, whatever. Or maybe you didn't, but how long do you... I mean, I'm, I'm seriously asking. Is it six months? Is it so a year? So you tell me, how long do you give them? How long would you expect? 
You I mean, personally six, six months in my six in months. my industry. I'd, okay, I'd okay. like to see because it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, the industry has well because to do it's with it. it's lead times, right? Like I'm, I can't ask a guy to go grab a job today, bid a job, let the funding get approved through another corporation. I mean, it's minimum of a six month turnaround. I mean, but to Nan's point, she said something earlier that was really interesting. It's, I don't need them to go make a their first sale in the first month. What I do need them to do is see that they're working the process. Right. So the progress there and diving into the the culture is that there's a pro- there's improvement along the way. Well, that's why le- leading indicators are as an important mm-hmm. measure as lagging exactly. indicators, sure. right? Exactly. So, well, and I, if if the say if you go in or your manager and your your people go in and they're they're meeting their benchmarks of the number of touches you've assigned, mm-hmm. or somebody shows up and says, "Yeah, you know, I got a new sales position." How many touches do I need? Because they look Absolutely. at the parameters of yeah. what does it take to make a sale, and you run those numbers not 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 with ambiguity, but with specificity of uh, here's the leading guy, and I've had a conversation with yep. him. I've gleaned a little bit of information. So so really, you know, sales can be boiled down to are you doing what you should do and what you need to do to make the sale for sure. And I think it's predicated on when you were talking about hiring someone, are you hiring someone that's new? They probably need a little more time. They Their process. No, if the process stands, they don't need more time. They may well, need to sharpen the sword a little bit. They don't know anything about construction sales. Well, then. But the point of it is, is that if you look back. Oh, at the, true. The, true. Yeah, true. Like okay. what you say that. Yeah. If you look at the metrics like Doc's saying, you look at those lagging indicators, right? That you say, all right, I, I, Typically, people need to make 50 phone calls a day in order to make a sell at blah, blah, blah. You go through that mm-hmm. cookbook, so to speak. You maybe have to look back and say, okay, well, you're just not up to par. So you got to make, if you want to make this, you got to do 100 phone calls a day or 200 phone calls a day. Exactly. And, and then yeah. it comes to the point like in a well, leadership like role where you're mm-hmm. saying, dude, it's not scalable for you to do 300. So you got to adjust it. So let, upon the okay. Yeah. So I, okay. To your point, 200 bad phone calls. Is the same as 150 bad phone calls. Agreed, right? Agreed. So there, there's a there's a there's an art to mm-hmm. selling, sure. and then there's the mechanics of selling Absolutely. your art, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a great artist, you still have to do the mechanics because nobody knows until you pick up the damn phone or get in front of a client, right? For sure, right? Hi. And and where? So I'm saying those are the two dynamics. Look at those separately, all right? How good am I at what I do, mm-hmm. and then how good am I at Doing what I should do, right? But right? you have to have failure. You have to have done. Don't know. We we fool ourselves every fucking day about both of those issues. What? We either think we're better than we are, or we think we're, or we know we're really good, but we think we do more work than we what we do. I'm going to give you guys all T-shirts from my company because this is what I do with my clients. Right? Is I'm trying to figure out what are the A players doing that the B and the C players are not. How do we systematize all of that? Yeah. Because I'm I'm here to tell you. Most people don't have a process, right? And you and you got one guy over here doing it this way and three guys over here doing it this way, and no one understands why they're not performing at the level they want to be. Um, so, But to back up real quick, because if you're just starting out listening to us, you might not know what lagging and, and leading indicators oh, are. Good point. Right? Because most companies just focus on the lag, re- revenue, quotas, sales. that's all the data they like have. That. Exactly. People. Absolutely. But 
if you're running around town just framing on if if I can get a yes from someone, right? That, that you're in for some emotional roller coasters, right? Because you're not going to get a yes from everybody. And we're never as influential as we think what? we are. Yeah. I'm Shit. Sorry. Um, but leading indicators are the the things that you have to do to get to sales, right? Cold calling, networking, asking for referrals, doing all these other things, right? So if you focus on the leading indicators, then you can say, Hey, Nanette, you might need to do 25 phone calls to get to a decision maker conversation. And now needs to do 50, right? And you can, you know, sorry, not, no, no, it's a good analogy, but the, there's gotta be some appreciation for the person. So that way you collect enough person, every person. Yeah. Right, because you got to work with the end in mind, which is your favorite saying. So, if if I know that the goal is to get two hundred fifty thousand dollars in sales for the year, how many how many deals do I need to do to get to that amount? How many calls do I need to get to to, to, to get, get to, to that? one deal? Absolutely, right. right? To, and then you yeah, just figure extrapolate that you just out. figure out the math from there. But that's that's looking at the leading indicators and not the lag. So, if you're new to sales, you're not familiar with this idea. Go figure out your numbers about what it takes to get to a closed deal, because that will alleviate some pressure it did for me anyway yeah it changed my whole world when i was able to pull up well and and before you before i even go into this you have to track all the data first absolutely that's step one stop hiding stuff from your crm i don't understand i i've got a buddy (laughs) i say well i'm the crm guy anyway but i have a friend and he he won't even put stuff into his crm unless he thinks it's real and i'm like well what does real mean and he's like, well, it means I have a realistic chance of closing it. And I was like, then you have no idea what your percentages are. You don't know how many people you have to because go talk to. Because he's to get to leaving a his his forward thinking value undocumented. Well, but but here's the problem: because his company is only concerned about how many leads to how many closed deals he gets, which is not a metric that, it, in my opinion, oh, anybody should be so worried if about. He puts his leads in, then it ruins his metrics. Yeah, and he's worried about that, right? So then he, so he then, doesn't tell him to go fuck off, right? I got a, a, a hundred thousand leads. Mm-hmm but I'm still outperforming everybody in here, right? It doesn't, Al, you've worked for yourself for a long time. It, uh, it, it doesn't really work that way in larger companies. Oh, my, it does. oh yeah. my bad. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. God, horrible. Yeah. Well, horrible. So you want these people to use this, uh, and they use Salesforce in his company, which is a very expensive CRM, and they make everyone use it, but there's no real standardization about how they're supposed to use it. Yeah. But, so you can fudge the numbers pretty easy. Exactly. Right. I was right. going to say, everybody's and then it gaming to, the, the numbers well, system for no and value then, on either side. Well, then right? it ruins your leading indicator. Right. Absolutely. It does. doesn't help you make more money. doesn't help your mm-hmm. company with any value. And then you're just walking around with this weight because some manager in this company is just looking at how much are you putting in the CRM with no other accountability or goals or anything else. No, well, and that douchebag never picked up a, a tab ever, right, like at never. the bar. Well, what? It, it's probably the guy right, that, right. you know, his CFO said, hey, why are we paying, let's say, 70 grand a year for this thing that you guys aren't using? And he says, okay, well, everybody go use it. Yeah, let's and, use it. And Document look, your chatter. It, yeah, here's all my stuff. <laughs> and and that Horrible. may be the, yeah, but that may be the extent of it, and I think that happens Oh, oh, it happens all sure. the time. Yeah, I, say, oh I, think, I think there's a reason why sales reps hate so, CRMs. Right? I'll, I'll say this for example in my in my own business right now in my own company, we are not currently using a CRM in the last month because it hasn't been used for so long, right? And baby steps, right? So I'm trying to dig back in. It's like, okay, if these guys are going to fudge all the numbers and it's going to give me bad data because mm-hmm. nobody's ever held them accountable before then I don't need those numbers. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yet, yet. 
I will need them, and we will have to do say, this. You do a lot of that. Absolutely. So I was just saying, it's, how are it's, you going to get well, around that? But it's, it's your leadership capital to use the Jocko thing, right? If you make everything a big deal, then nothing's a big deal. Correct. Right? So. That's right. So for right now, in this first month, and, and we've talked about milestones and stuff. And, mm-hmm. All right. Right now, we're not using this. So right now, we're using a you know Outlook calendar to track some stuff because that's baby steps in getting people used to putting information in. Because if I truly use especially the crm that we have which is i mean you can do anything that a crm can do with this thing and mm-hmm. it's very intensive but the information input is a lot of time and a lot yeah. of resources and if you haven't done it for a long time there's no data to go off of anyway so absolutely I, i'm in kind of a uh, a situation right now where it's like all right just baby steps let's just get stuff I don't even care if you write it down in your notebook so that our weekly meeting, that's our CRM for now. Yeah. I was going to say, a lot of times, it doesn't have to be anything other than tracking yeah. as long as you touches can. or prospects. Well, or, but here's I know, the deal. I know it, uh, on, I'm saying for no, the baby steps, no, yeah. not I'm, I'm where not, you're going. But there's a lot of people that are, uh, they, they just want to fly just under the radar, mm-hmm. right? And so if they're not putting their information in the CRM, they're not tracking their numbers, but they're they're just... I'm doing okay. I'm in the middle of the pack. I can hide. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a ton of people that are that are fitting into that realm, and they don't like the CRM because it just Should looks... they really be in sales if that's the way you wake Man. up and go to well, work? Shouldn't you fucking jump off the first bridge that you pass <laughs> on no, the way to work? Didn't no, we just get in just trouble for oh, for, oh, what? Hold on. <laughs> no, Dr. <laughs> sales Kevorkian 101 yeah. right here. No, we're not, we're just... not actually advocating that anybody jumps off a bridge. Yeah, unless unless, unless you really need to. <laughs> or you really need to, right? It's horrible, right? And you got a big insurance policy, right? And your wife makes a ton of money and the note that the kids don't like right, you anyway right, right. so anyway that, that's like, that harsh language that's a 15 second bleep for al yeah, this, this my, my bad guys <laughs> sorry let's sing let's hold hands and sing kumbaya hearts and minds brother hearts um but the what it should be used as as a coaching implement a coaching tool hey right because if we have for enough the manager data, who's absolutely. smart no, and I says agree. now and but, and then Right, you know, agree. But but for the not manager, the actual salesperson himself, on the daily grind, it's a it's a daily it's your daily checklist. Like, sure, what do I need to do today? No, well, I, I, I was about to go there too because I mean it. So from a managerial managerial standpoint, you're just looking for a point of contact to the sales force as to what do you got going on, what yeah. what's happening, how can I help. I mean, because, if you really are the guy who says, I want you making a ton of money because yeah. you won't go anywhere and I want you happy as hell because you mm-hmm. won't go anywhere. I, I want my sales team pulling up in Ferraris every oh, day. Oh, dude, yeah, I, mean, I, I have not a problem if you show up going, throwing money in the air, mm-hmm. right? I hope it's that way. So Why it, not? I mean, I hope it is because if it is, true. Then we're all good. And we're all we good. are all, all so fucking golden, we can't see straight. So in, in one of my companies, I place salespeople for part-time work with agency owners who've got good leads coming in. So and tell us about that. I mean, throw a shout out for everybody who's uh, out there. Uh, yeah. Do yeah. it. It's called clutch closers. Good. Um, it's not, and we'll talk lot. more about that though. Okay. We need to do that. But the, the more interesting thing in my opinion is that as everybody I talked to is like, Hey, what's your expectation for close rate? And I said, I don't care what your close rate is. I just want you to have a two call process. Right. And I, and I give them a process and then my, my, my biggest metric that I'm looking at is if people are qualified to get to the second call, which is the presentation call, how many of those are you closing? Because if that's a low number, you're not qualifying very well. And that's the thing we need to go work on. Yeah. 
right? Because in, in my world, if, if, if I qualify somebody qualify hard, exactly. And then I give a proposal presentation, whatever you want to call it. Like I close 70 to 75%. Right. And okay. I don't need you to be there, but if it's 30, that's bad. But then I'm trying to build this culture around, Hey, if it's there, let's go figure this out. I don't, I'm not going to fire somebody over that. So when do you go back and decide it's, this brings up a point in my mind. When do you decide that it's not the process, but the salesperson or it's the process, not the salesperson? Well, so I'm a technical guy as we've talked about, right? So every call gets recorded okay. and then I'm going, I'm, I, so I kind of have office hours, right? Cause I have this, I have another company and, the, and then I have this other one. And so I kind of got a, a portion of my time Ball out. Or no, not ahead. really. Um, and so, I have office hours, right? So if you're stuck, if you keep getting the same like questions and objections or things like that, like I just make myself available. We'll do call breakdowns, role plays, whatever you want to do to, to so make you, you get better. Segment it out to Absolutely. figure out where the problem exists. And okay. then a certain part of my time each week is going and listening to these calls and saying, are they taking the things that we're talking about in the conversations and are they act- actively using it? Because I'm willing to give somebody the benefit of the doubt and work with them and maybe too much, honestly, um, if you were coachable and you're making small improvements, right? So kind of uh, one of you two said it earlier, right? Both, yeah. yeah. If you're making improvements, mm-hmm. I don't need you to be crushing it. I just want to see you improve. Are, can you take the information that we're talking about and implement it, right? And that's the same thing as the martial arts conversation because nothing drives me more crazy than someone who comes up and says, hey, I can't figure out how to do this technique. Well, okay, do this and this and this, and they don't do any of it. I just told you how to do it. Well, and there, there's a big thing there too, is if, if you know, if you're doing it wrong and you don't try to get beyond that and do it right. Yeah. So you're just going to sit here in the same class and, and throw the punches the wrong way for eternity. I mean, what's, what's, what's yeah, good there? Somebody slaps you in the fucking I mean, face. But, Cause sometimes it's all about, sure. They haven't been in a fight recently. need a little pain, right? pain retains. Yeah. So, but here's a big divider, I think, between being gut driven and being fact driven, right? I can stop to myself and think, well, maybe they need to hear it from someone else. Maybe just the way that I'm explaining it doesn't make any sense and they're not getting to that aha moment. Because we've seen that at, at the Kung Fu school, right? You know, I would explain something, they wouldn't get it. Someone else would explain it and then it would be like lights on. Okay, so there is something for the right teacher for the right yeah, student. I'm, I'm that guy, yeah. Well, that's the whole I need to hear it from the right Exactly. Gotta, you know, yeah, it matters. Absolutely, right? Because I'm going to over-talk and give you all the details and Clint doesn't want any of that no, stuff, just right? do it once, get out of the way, let me try yeah. Can I punch him? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so my thing is, are you, uh, are you progressing? Are you getting better? Because if not, and you're telling me you are, or if you got some ego or something, then I don't have any time for that. But I'm willing to work a lot with someone who is like really eager to improve and, and eager to put in the time, right? And I get that from you, right? Because you have your statement that you don't fire anybody, they fire themselves. And, the time, sure. and, and only when lying, I say you, I'm stealing, talking about, oh, yeah, lying right? and stealing. Yeah, that's or the only. Maybe I would just like to fire you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm always expendable, man. I, I I say that to myself every day, and that's that's how I think about it, right? Because my goal for for clutch closers is you know to give salespeople a laboratory so that we can go work on the hard stuff. Mm. You know, it's not it's not your main pipeline; it's self uh, fulfilling, right? Because there's leads and the, and these agency owners are doing everything that they need to do. So I just want to put you in a lab set where you can work on the hard stuff. The stuff that you don't feel comfortable doing with your main pipeline because it's tied to your main income. So this is a place for you to practice. Yeah, so talking culture, that sounds to me, even myself, that sounds like a fantastic culture that I would want to be a part of 
at the top or the bottom, right? Coming in new. Yeah, but or, I can't or, afford you. No doubt. <laughs> you have to sell one of them companies, buddy. <laughs> uh, what are you saying? What's minimum wage? Uh, oh, so here's what, here's state? my deal. Uh, the way that I do clutch closers is that everybody is commission-based only. And the reason why I do that is because I also don't allow anyone for the, for them to make clutch closers their, their full-time gig. Yeah. Because I feel like the minute you have that in your commission base, you're going to feel that pressure and you're going to start bringing on bad deals. And I don't want any part of we that. We talked about that. We have talked about that. Yeah. Uh, last episode, I yeah. believe. There is, that we there is pretty hard. Yeah. There has never been a moment in my life where the pipeline has gotten deeper and I've gotten more anxious. Yeah. It just hasn't ever happened. Yeah. In my experience, especially in my business, because of the long lead times, right? The six, seven months, maybe even 18 month lead time on a project. The worst thing you can do is have a starving sales guy bring in a bad 10 month lead. Yeah. Right. That I'm going to work on for 10 months and you tell me all this is qualified and I work on it. And then, oh, it turns out they were using somebody else the whole time. But you're telling me you wouldn't pick up in 10 months that I'm it telling was you, a bad It's, it's even happened to myself. Well, even, think about the sales managers when there's no CRM and, yeah. and you have a pipeline meeting know. and you got five guys in there and they're like, man, I got this one deal, boss, and it's going to close. It's going to be yeah. awesome. It's going to be this. And then you don't know if you're getting told the truth or not, yeah. I mean, ho- happened to me, happened to me last week, happened to me on Tuesday. Hey, I've got, I got this awesome lead. Okay, cool. Tell me about it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, you know, look, this guy is, he's a good friend of mine. You know, he's got all this and like, he's hitting all the great buzzwords that I want to hear. And I just said, okay, well, let's develop this a little more. You know, let's go, let's go talk to him. If you don't mind, I'm going to ask him some tough questions and get him through this process. Yeah, no problem. So when we finally met and I asked one question, Hey, is this a is this a cocktail napkin or is this a real deal? Like, are we actually gonna? Mm-hmm. Well, right now I'm just it's in my head and I'm trying to like so. Oh, yeah. It went from this is going to close and this is going to be our fir- first quarter revenue. Mm-hmm. This is happening, dude. To dude, I don't even know if I could ever get funding for this. Project. And so I just went back. So how long did it take you to get there? Uh, half a day, exactly. When you said seven months, no, I said you're not yeah, no. seeing it in seven months because I know you to be sad. I mean, you no, break no, to the fucking. But, I'm surprised it took you half a day, honestly. <laughs> well, because I was I had meetings. <laughs> no, <I'm laughs> well, no, that's what I was going <laughs> back to because no. you stay on top of stuff. No, no. So what if I'm, you see what, a I'm, big what I'm hit, saying is that sometimes you know you get bought into uh, your own process where it's like I they've met all the points right now we're moving forward, but that next move forward might be six or seven months down the road. That's that long lead time. So right. So sometimes you you hit all the hot points and things change. Okay, in but, six or seven. Okay, months. and and so let's go back to yes. On the initial basis, you got your calling questions and you put your hard answers to it. Then the rubber meets the road of the company has to start bringing stuff yeah. to you. Then they I mean, got to start showing you budget yeah. and the ability to pay or at mm-hmm. least engage and make a commitment at this level. I mean, you yeah. you keep your finger on the pulse. And I understand I, you can go seven months and I mean, it still turns to a shit show. Yeah, me, that me can't personally, be, yeah. But, yeah. you know, some some people that aren't, you know, some people hit all those right questions and they they book it in their forecast, right? It goes into your sales CRM, you slide it to, you know, future, you're forecasted. And now yeah. you've got that thing sitting in quarter three, you're in quarter one. Right. And this thing's sitting out here in quarter three. This is a home. And then run, you're hoping. And you never touched base in that six or seven months or you, or you just didn't develop it. And that's hard. I mean, it is, yeah. and, and that's the thing, though. Is that, that, that hurts the sales manager. Yeah, because what happens? What happens if that one job and and this happens in my business a lot? What happens if that one sale in quarter three is seventy percent of the revenue? You right, make, right, and it just went away. Yeah. Oh shit! But the problem is, is oh, for, oh we feel it on the smaller oh, level sure. here too. But the well, thing, it happens to everybody. But the thing is, is 
I don't. I can't go back in time six months. No, you can't to develop a new re- re- relationship for quarter three. And that okay, that brings up a key point that that our biggest out our our biggest nemesis is time, right? Relative mm-hmm. to the oh, sales totally. process, definitely is because you're either on salary or commission, and commissions are good, but they get they have to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're in that sales arena, literally the amount of time you spend qualifying. I mean, if it's not wisely spent, yeah. then it comes back to haunt you back in the day, you know, as you go down the road. So I think uh, we're going to continue this conversation in the next episode. Yeah. Because I, I think there's more to talk about here. So I, I think it's a good part too. I, I think we just start digging into some layers that are pretty good topics. And I mean, I'm, I'm learning. Hopefully, okay. you know, I'm learning as much as anybody. So we're not going to do a throwdown because we're, we'll do the throwdown at the end of, of, of episode number two. No, let's do the throwdown right now. You want to do the throwdown now? Absolutely, because somebody, some people may just catch yeah, this some, and just, points we can yeah, okay. just yeah, let's hit hit the buzz. We got a few minutes. Oh, if all that's right, okay. Paul, hit it. Team D, yeah, what you got? So talking about, we talked about a lot of things here, right? We did. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit on a couple of key points that I think that are really important, maybe because they're front and center in my life right now. But uh, the culture that you create and the leadership um, styles that you have, you know. Speaking specifically to a D out there, it is really tough for you to not want to throw all your effort and focus on the problem at hand because you think you can solve it, right? Oh, I know how to do this better than anybody. That's why they hired me, so I'm going to go do that. But maybe you're not in that position as a leader, right? So throwing all your efforts into the problem, you're you're not creating that culture that you want everybody to buy into. All you're doing is basically putting a plug in a, in a big hole, right? And just hoping that it holds for a while. Like your gas tank? Like my gas tank. We'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> thanks, Houston. There's somebody <laughs> responsible for that. We're just still hunting for I it. hope he's listening. <laughs> exactly. If you're out there, yeah. you're fucked, man, because we're all for <laughs> coming for yeah. it. Retribution. Uh, this this idea that you, you know, as a, as a leader, you're not going to give everybody a chance. You're just going to cut, cut until you find that person that fits. You can, that's a way, right? People do that. And, and I guess there's successful people out there that have done that. It's probably not the most scalable way. And it's definitely not the, the right way in my mind morally to do something, right? You got to give people uh, the right tools, the right training that they need. Make sure you put your effort in. So when the, you do that first quarter review with them, you bring your employees in and you sit in front of them, you know that you've given them all the tools and kind of going to your point, Doc is like, you fired yourself here, man. I gave you, I gave you everything that you needed. We were tracking, we're doing all this stuff, you have all this information, and you just didn't put it upon yourself, or maybe you're just not good at it, right? And that's a tough conversation to have, but the point is, is that can happen. So if you're out there listening, take that take that D, take that ego, and put it, put it into the process of what you're trying to develop, right? Maybe you are the best. Make them the best, too, with your knowledge. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the ticket. Awesome. Al? Uh, I see this as two scenarios. One, you're, you know, you're moving from either being brand new or you've done some sales and you're moving into a new team. Show up and perform, right? To 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 show off your talents to your managers. Don't get bogged down. Understand the matrix of where you're going. You know the new new sales routine, or even if you're just you know waking up tomorrow and you're going to try to do better on Monday than you did last week. Wake up with that that new metric of what does it take to succeed, 
and what are my benchmarks and how do I define success? And then if you're the sales manager and you're coming in and you're trying to build that culture, focus in on, you know, what does success truly mean to your staff and how do you promote that success? And, you know, it's a little weak, but yeah, I'll leave it at that. Okay. No doubt. So I just think, you know, how I, I talk about it all the time, effort, effort. That's how you unlock your potential. If you're just stagnant, you're not trying to improve each day, you will not improve. I mean, you're just going to be a failure, I'm afraid. I know that sounds terrible, but I also think that anyone can follow a process, pretty much anyone, but you have got to be, you have to be a leader. You, It's great to have a leader, but you also need to be a leader to blaze that trail. You can't just sit back and want, and want someone else to step you through the process. So good, good process. I love that. But I do think it's really important to be a blazer also, you know, really go, get out there with effort and, and succeed. Awesome. Um, for C's, you're going to have a lot of questions and you want very clear expectations. And most people are not really great at doing that, right? Uh, a minute ago, Al said, show up and, you know, put in the work. Well, what does that work mean? You know, and for a C, you got to find that company that is going to allow you to, to ask those kinds of questions and get really clear, concise information because that's what you need to feel comfortable to go out and do the things that are outside of your comfort zone because you got really clear, detailed information about how to go do that and be successful. And if you're not going to get that, then you probably need to make a change because C's don't really want to figure it out on their own. They want to learn. They want to learn it from somebody else. And if you're not getting that where you are, but you're somewhat successful, you can make a change. You don't have to stay at a company where where you're not happy with the culture or happy with the manager. If you're successful in sales, somebody needs you. So that's all I got for the throwdown. Awesome, cool guys. So we're going to continue with part two. And before we do that, if you're listening to this and you're, you know, you're not happy with your company culture, you know someone else who's in sales, but they're not happy with their company. Uh, send them this, uh, have them reach out to us. Everything is at sales throwdown. We're going to start taking questions, more questions from the listeners. So that way we can have some fresh points of view and things. So everything is at sales throwdown. Um, if you want to take the assessment because you're not sure where you are on this range, you might have a little bit of Al, a little bit of Clint or, you know, one of the other versions, no jokes, Al, uh, <laughs> reach out to us assessments at sales And, uh, we can get you hooked up. Thanks a lot, everybody.